people to be in his inner circle. And so he does in Luke, in Luke 6, if you have your Bible and you want to turn to Luke 6 or even Google on your phone or your Bible app or just listen here. Luke 6, 12. One, uh, one of the days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciple to, to him. So he calls these people to him. And he chooses 12 men out of them. And he names them. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, who he had also designated as apostles. Simon, whom he called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who was a traitor in the end. So I'm imagining the, this group of men, I'm thinking, well, these are super holy guys, they must be the holiest of holies, but they actually weren't. They came from all walks of life, all jobs, all professions, and Jesus chose them. They were ordinary men, and they spent time with him. They lived life with him. They ate dinner with him. He taught them, and then he sent them out to go teach other people about Jesus Christ. And so then Jesus leaves the scene. He gets nailed to the cross. He leaves the, the people behind. He leaves the disciples behind. And those disciples become the church. They end up meeting in, in homes, which where we see the original small groups meeting in homes. Small group isn't a church. It's a group of people that get together, and they're led by somebody. Where they come together, they get encouraged, and then they go out and spread the word about Jesus Christ. And so you can see that in the book of Acts. It's the early church. It's these groups meeting in homes and encouraging one or to go out. So that's where we see two amazing examples in Scripture. But why do we think small groups are so important? Well, for us here at Renewed, it's awesome. We love Renewed. We get so excited to come here every month and see you guys come in here. Or you women, I shouldn't say guys. It's awesome to worship together. But if we're honest, if it just stops here, what can happen is women can come through those doors to here at Renewed or even at church, whether you come to the chapel or you go to another church. It's a large setting. It's easy to kind of fall through the gaps, maybe just slip in and slip out. And I don't believe that that's what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to community, to really sharing life together and not just kind of slipping in and slipping out. It's easy to feel alone and isolated in a group this size or in a church the size of the chapel, and that's why we encourage smaller groups, smaller circles. Here at the chapel at large and within Renewed, we really promote this thing that we call row, circle, chair, go. And it's really quite simple. The row is representing the row that you're sitting in. So for renewed purposes, the row is coming to renewed. And that's a good thing, and it's encouraging, and it's awesome to worship together, but it shouldn't stop there. It's not just ending there. Going on to the circle, that's the small group setting when we're encouraging you to go deeper with other women because renewed is only once a month. But when you're meeting with other group in a, in a small group, in a home or maybe a coffee shop or the church somewhere, you can really get to know women on a deeper level. I know it has for me. And so that's what we would encourage you to do tonight. So if you go from the what is a small group to why do we do small groups to what makes an amazing small group, we believe that there are four pillars of an amazing small group. These pillars would look like this. Scripture is the basis for your small group. It's what we would Base everything about what we believe, what we talk about, where our advice is given, it's from the word of God. 
scripture. And it's not just a group therapy session. It's not bringing all these other ideologies. It's not like I'm not going to go to counseling, but I'm definitely going to go to my small group because these women can encourage me. It's pointing people back to the Bible, God's word. Now, some of our small groups are, like I said, fitness classes or knitting groups. And maybe the leader would come in and say, you know what, here's what God taught me in the Bible this week. And it would be as simple as that. Others of them would be like, open up your Bible. We're going to really dig in to what the Bible has to say in the book of, say, James, Ephesians, a book of the Bible. And you're really going to learn how to study the Bible. Um, But the next pillar that we would go to would be, um, I'm losing track of my thoughts here, scripture, prayer, prayer. I'm off because I was the prayer girl in the video. Did you pick up on the prayer problem that I had? I was like more of the gossip queen. And I, I think as women, we come into a small group and we are just thinking, it's just so easy to just be around other women and just chit-chat and get to talk about things. And it's easy to just want to collect more details about the, the prayers that we have going on. But the prayers become gossip, and that's not what we would encourage. And you saw Mary in the video was kind of tracking me back in. Like, we're all about confidentiality here in small groups. And so prayer would be an awesome, is an awesome foundational pillar for your small group. Now, some of you have been seasoned Christians for a long time, but you still struggle to pray in a small group setting, and that's okay. Many groups, it would be a leader praying to open or close or praying over the people that are struggling. Sometimes you do prayer requests or prayer partners, and I, I know for me personally, some of the most encouraging groups I've ever been in were when the leader assigned me with a prayer partner, and throughout the week, I would be texting back and forth with this girl. I still have people that will text me and say, how can I pray for you this, this week? And it really encourages me, and it gets me through the week. So if you go on to the third pillar of an amazing small group, it would be care. We care for one another in a small group. And there are so many references in the New Testament alone where we are called to care for one another. They're called the one another's. We're called to bear with one another, love one another, be patient with one another, Think of other people higher than yourself. This is something to camp out in in small groups because the last I checked, small groups are not filled with perfect people who have perfect personalities and no quirks. They're filled with lots of interesting dynamics. And I know that we can come in sometimes and look and be super annoyed with, I mean, in a group like you just saw in the video, that would be super annoying (laughs) at times. I've been in groups where it has tested my patience or it has made me struggle with wanting to judge somebody. But God and Jesus' word calls us to be patient, to bear with one another, to consider other people better than yourselves. And so we always need to be considerate of that. I want to think back to the, the disciples of Jesus Christ. I feel like the Lord has opened my eyes recently to these disciples. Instead of being men who had it all together, they don't. I was looking in my Bible, I was studying this week about the disciples, and I was thinking through the different personalities that would probably be sitting around the table of Jesus Christ. So you have Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, and he's sitting next to people. He's sitting next to Simon, Simon Peter. Simon was zealous, he was excited about Jesus, he was charging the mound half the time, ready to defend him, but in the end, he ended up denying Jesus Christ three times 
before Jesus got nailed to the cross. How much patience did that take on Jesus' part? I can't imagine, like, seeing Simon at the dinner table, like, yeah, you know, all fired up about everything, and then he ends up denying Jesus. How much patience would that take on Jesus' part and the other guy's part? You have Matthew, who was a tax collector. Tax collectors back in Jesus' time were not well-liked people. They were dishonest with money. They they took money from people, and they were not liked in the community. And yet Jesus called Matthew to be a disciple. And Matthew had parties at his house with all his sinful friends, and he invited Jesus, and Jesus wasn't too good to come. He actually came. And you had all these religious leaders on the outskirts, the Pharisees or what we call them. They were like judgmental. Why is Jesus coming and hanging out with sinners? That's crazy. And Jesus said, I came for the sinners of whom the religious people actually are. They're sinners too, but they thought they were too good for the, quote-unquote, who they thought were sinners. And so I'm encouraged by Jesus' small group. I'm encouraged by Thomas within the group, who when Jesus died on the cross and he came back again, Thomas said, I just need to see the, the nails, the marks in your hands and feet. I'm doubting, I'm doubting, I'm just not sure. And he was one of Jesus's best Guys, in his small group of 12 men. And then the real dagger of Jesus' small group was Judas. Judas was one of his very closest disciples. And yet, in the end, Judas was the traitor who turned Jesus in and sent the religious people to get Jesus and get him put on the cross. Wow, that had to hurt. You know, I tend to think um, when I get hurt, in relationships or friendships, and maybe that's why I don't want to go deeper in a small group or in friendships or I want to stiff-arm people or just kind of hold people at arm's length, God always takes me back to Jesus and Judas. Because if Jesus would have said, this thing called like ministry and teaching people about me is not working out for me. I mean, my, one of my best friends just betrayed me. And so we as women can say, forget it, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting close to women because I've been betrayed. We can look to Jesus. He still fulfilled the greatest mission in the entire world, and that was to die on the cross. And God used Judas in the grand plan to help him become the savior of the world, to die on the cross for our sins. The last pillar that makes an amazing small group is outreach. And so it would be easy for us to say, we've got our small group of people, we are close with these women, and just kind of become a holy huddle that does nothing but just becomes a click. And everybody just enjoys being together. We don't want to let anybody in. And so that would totally be a challenge for us, this outreach pillar. Because I really believe that God wants us to not just stay in our holy huddle, but to go out and to share Jesus with other people. Whether that means in your workplace, by the way you live your life, by just not entering into gossip or representing more of a, uh, a Christ-like attitude in your workplace, whatever that looks like. Or maybe it looks like going out and serving at a pregnancy center or uh, an abortion clinic or even someplace like Nehemiah Center downtown with kids that are struggling and hurting from homes that are maybe not the most solid. We're called to go out from our small groups and be the light for Jesus. There's also another challenge within that outreach element, and it's it's this concept of the empty chair in your small group. It's easy to want to be close and not open up to other people, but we always need to keep in mind the empty chair. 
that there's somebody out there that needs to see what you're doing in your circle of women and needs to taste it because that could be life-changing for them. Now, I've stated the case for small groups. You may think that sounds good, but I have some hang-ups. Maybe some of your hang-ups look a little bit like this. Maybe you say, that's great, but my life is so busy. I don't have any room for this. I've got kids. I've got a husband. I've got a job. And I would just challenge you to say this. We make so many things in our life a priority. Why can't we make small groups a priority? I would challenge you kindly to reevaluate some of the priorities in your life. Because when we put Jesus first and we get in community with other women, things make more sense. We become better wives and better sisters and better friends and better moms. I know that's been the case for me. Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you struggle in friendships. I already stated what Jesus did in terms of his friendship with Judas and how Judas betrayed him and yet Jesus still loved him, still died on the cross and fulfilled his purpose. Maybe you just need a new start to step back out, put yourself back out there because not everyone is that one woman that betrayed you in life and that's holding you back from getting involved in a small group. Maybe you're too shy. I come from a home of shy people. I don't know what happened. I'm like the only extrovert in my whole family. So I can relate because they tell me how they feel. Maybe you're too shy. You feel like small groups are just too intimate for you. And we have something tonight that is not quite a small group, but it's a first taste of what a small group could feel like. And we're calling them Just Gather. We're going to have four opportunities at different campuses and different homes where someone will host it. And then women can just sign up right there at the table out there and just say, I just want to come. I want to eat snacks. I want to rub shoulders with other women on a smaller scale than here at Renewed. And we would welcome you to that. And maybe that would be a first step for you. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you think about small groups. But I can just tell you that for me, small groups have been life-changing. For me, it was in a small group that I learned for the first time that Jesus Christ died on the cross not for my sins, not for my, not for my friends' sins, not for my family's sins, but for my sins. And I made it real in my own heart, in my own relationship, and surrendered to Jesus in a small group. And for me, it was in small groups that I was able to meet older women and learn from them and younger women and be challenged by them. And for me, it was in small groups that I realized I'm not alone that I'm not the only one in life that struggles with the things I struggle with. And for some reason, that kind of helped start breaking me free. And for me, it was in a small group that I looked around and I saw that the women that were next to me had become some of my closest, dearest, most soul sister trusted friends that I talk to, that I can share my heart and my life with. And I'm not the only one that's been affected by small groups. We're actually going to have a couple women that are going to come up here and talk with Mary about what it's done in their life. And so I don't want to just share my experience. I want to share the love and have them share their experience too. So I'm going to pray for them as they come up here. God, thank you for today. Thank you for small groups. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the women. It's not mistake a mistake that you brought each woman here tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just do what you have to do in their hearts. Would you put them in a place where they can get in the right groups? And if they're a little nervous, I pray that you would give them the courage to take first steps. And I just pray for these women that are coming to share, Lord. Would you just go before them 
and um, give them courage to be honest and real. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, yes, we can get that one. While we all get settled. Um, as I was listening to Paula, I was thinking the same thing. I am so passionate about small groups. I will tell you, as she did for me, um, she said something that was so, that struck out to me, was that you don't have to have it all together to get in a small group. Actually, if you were here a couple months ago when I gave my story, when I went into a small group that I felt like God led me into this group, I was a train wreck. And these women, it was the, it, the, just the, the group, the love, the kindness, the patience, the, the long-suffering that they had with me, was, it literally changed the trajectory of my life and my children's life. And so you do not have to have it all together. I think that's such an important thing to say. None of us up here do, Dill. <laughs> you know, that was a long time ago for me, but I'm very passionate. I've led them, I'm, I've been in them, the same as I, all of these ladies. And so what we just wanna do is kind of start with you, Cindy. Um, and we have the, all the campuses represented here in Norwalk, and uh, Leanne from Sandusky, and then M Melissa's from uh, Port Clinton. So just kind of tell me a little bit something about yourself and we'll get going. I'm Cindy Shanley. Um, I've been married 33 years to the same man. Um, I have five grown adult children and uh, I attend the Norwalk campus. I've led small groups for 20-something years, all kinds. Family groups, mops groups. Um, the group I have now is awesome. The group I had before was awesome too. They're really, oh, you can't lose with a small group. Um. I'm Rachel Geisbauer. Um, Pastor Mark is my husband. I have two wonderful daughters. And um, the last six years, I have um, been taking care of my grandparents who are aging and ailing. And in March of 2020, my grandma died. And three weeks ago, my grandfather died. Um, I'm in two small groups. I am in a virtual couples small group, and I'm also in a pop-up prayer group, and we do a Bible study. It's all women, and we always do a fun activity together when we do our Bible study. with Jesus for about 36 years, uh, been in small groups probably that long, started at a Friendship Bible Coffee um, with women, with young kids, which I'm telling you, it got me through those young days. Mm -hmm. uh, it helped me with my marriage that was very tough at that time. Since then, my husband and I have been in various couples, uh, small groups, which is just a joy to be with your husband. I've had women's groups. I've been uh, 
meeting with them and gathering group now for four years. So look forward to starting that real soon. Hi guys, I'm Melissa Franks. I live in Port Clinton with my husband. We've been married for 12 years. I have two girls. Um, we've been attending the chapel for roughly 10 years. Started out here and then moved to uh, Port Clinton. And I've been involved in ministry for most of those years. Started out here co-leading mops and then did some small groups. And in 2020, I opened up a wellness cafe in Port Clinton, which took a lot of my time. So I kind of stepped back from leading, but felt that God was pulling me in another direction. And so I um, had my partner buy me out and I led um, I felt very called to get back into ministry, and um, so here I am, kind of just jumping full force right back into it. Can't wait to lead another group and get things started. Um, women's ministry has always been where my heart has been and um, where I feel most at home. So, One thing that just came to my mind as just like a disclaimer about a, if you do decide to take that step just to try a small group, um, we talked about this when we did, if you were involved with the women's gathering places before, this has been evolving from that one large group, from all of those um, small groups that we had back then. But we would say for the, the women that had never been in one, we just want you to know you're not getting married. <laughs> if, if you want to, you know, just try it. You can leave. You don't have to stay. <laughs> There's no a huge commitment like that. You know, you don't have to be afraid. And you're not going to be in it forever, or unless you love it. Maybe you are. Maybe you do another one, whatever. But, I mean, just know that, you know, you take that tiny step, you can also take that step away if it's not working for you. So that's a good thing to know. So, Melissa, you – I just kind of wanted to circle back since you have the mic there. Um, yeah. You uh, came recently with Paula and I. We sat down and had a coffee and talked. And you really were sharing your heart about how you really became – connected during COVID and struggling a little bit out there on the island by yourself. You want to speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that I can find myself very independent, very task oriented, um, very much in control. I love to be in control. Um, God has always uh, been the center of my world, but not always the center of my day. And I have to really work on that, and I have to focus that, and um, really just kind of be constantly in commitment with my priorities. And, you know, it was very clear to me that um, church and small groups, the attendance just, COVID sort of made it easier to sort of step back a little bit. And other things started to take precedence, which, um, you know, I have two small girls. They're looking um, at everything that I do, and I believe that we have a huge obligation to raise up the next generation of church leaders, but also um, just culturally out there, it's really scary. So making sure that I'm in check, making sure that they're in check, and also keeping um, myself accountable for our friends, you know? Um, it just felt right when I got an email that said that women's gathering places was starting back up, and I knew that God was saying, come on now, it's time, let's do this. And so we met for coffee, and it's just been like, meeting old friends and just a breath of fresh air. Everything just feels mm -hmm. right and happy. And um, there's just a sense of, of peace and feeling at home when I come to the chapel, but then again, when I meet with women in smaller groups. So yeah. I, 
inside of your grocery cart. It does. It does. I mean, I don't know if anybody can resonate with that out there, but, you know, COVID, you know, we're just now kind of like feeling like we're getting kickstarted back into something that feels a little bit more normal to all of us. And um, so we're just really glad that you decided to take this back up in with us. And we also had an opportunity to sit down with Cindy for a little bit and get to know her and talk to her. And both um, Paul and I were just really impressed with just your love for women, right? That just came through you. And so what I want to ask you is how have the small groups that you've been in impacted and then the ones that you have led? I'm sure that you can speak to the impact of <coughs> small groups with other women. I was um, married at 20 and my first child at 24. So I knew everything. <laughs> I'm sure most of you did too. Um, but thank God there was a sweet woman who was 10 years my senior but had a daughter my, my, my little girl's age. And she said, come to a small group. Come to a Bible study. The kids will play. And I'm like, oh, no. No, because a lot of times women aren't nice to each other. And um, so I went, and I was sold. I attended that group for, it was almost 10 years. Um, and she mentored me along the way. And so when she was pouring into me, I was able to pour into others. And I, I mean, God just lit a fire in me about how do I get um, ladies, moms, because that's where my heart was, because I was, I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, how do I how do I really um, help them with their relationship with God? Because if you're, if you're working on your relationship with God, that relationship with your husband, with your family, it's going to go a little smoother. You have peace. Um, so that's how I got into it. And then um, I've just been so blessed over the years to see ladies that have grown that have just grown, even in the last couple of years uh, since since we did Women's Gathering. We've got a crew of ladies who who love the Lord, and they are really, um, they're, they're learning the Bible. They're understanding how to live God's way. And now they're teaching their kids how to do that. So that's, that's, that's the whole reason I, I do it. Yeah, that's a lot of impact right there. You're impacting other women which in turn they're impacting their families and it's impacting their husbands and it's just infectious. And so that's, that's really awesome. Um, I just want to jump over to uh, Leanne here for uh, just a moment. And she had a very um, unique experience with her small group a couple of years ago. Do you want to talk about that, Leanne? Sure thing. So uh, my husband and I, as I said, had been in a small group with couples for years and years and years. And nine years ago, uh, we had a little picnic and the girls were in one room, the guys were in the other room, and one of our lady friends told us that she had cancer. And at that moment, this amazing community was born out of that, uh, of love, service, kindness, and caring for her through her cancer journey. We became known as Valcast, and um, through her seven-year journey, uh, we became the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever the therapy was that she needed, she needed 
prayer, which she needed a treatment, which her family needed food. We decorated her house for Christmas. We cleaned the basement. Uh, we took her on drives, um, went to alternative medicine clinics out of town. We shared sunsets. We prayed. Oh, my goodness, we'd be able to pray. We had Bible studies together, and we had so much fun. We had fashion shows when we would go shopping. Uh, we were able to talk her through the planning of her daughter's wedding, and she modeled that beautiful dress that she had planned to wear at that wedding, which never happened. But I will say it was transformational for all of us. It was transformational to the family, the kids, her children, adult children, her husband. We all still talk about that last couple of months when she was suffering so. Um, when we were at her bedside, someone would read her Bible to her. A couple of us would sing to her. We decorated the house with flowers. We surrounded her husband with attention, conversation, and love. And even to this day, we were with her husband just a couple of weeks ago, and he still talks about that summer two years ago and what an impact it was on all of us. I'm telling you, it changed me forever. And that deep heart, soul caring of a dear friend walked her final journey on earth. Um, and now she's praising God forever in his presence. And, and as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about the goodness of God, right? Because they were there for Val and her family. But even still, she had a daughter that went on to have a child, and then a son, I believe, who did too, and a daughter that got married. And you all represent moms. Well, we've shown up for each yes. one of them in their weddings, um, gifts for the kids, just sending them love texts, notes, just to support them. And they know that, you know, it's Jesus in us. Certainly, we could not do it on our own. But yeah. it, it, it really did transform us all. Yeah. And the impact on Val and those yeah. last days. And I, I just remember it very well. And so, um, yeah, talk, talk about impacting someone's life. And um, so now I'm going to skip over to Rachel. Uh, Rachel has a kind of unique situation, you know, she's married to one of the pastors here, and um, I think that might, you know, you might have some things, maybe you're afraid, like, maybe you were afraid to do it, you know, to begin with, or maybe, you know, you just kind of, I don't know, you know, Lewis, how do you feel being in a small group as a pastor's wife? So one of the biggest fears for me specifically was that um, I would let my husband down, I would let the chapel down, that people would find out that I'm broken and um, I don't have all the answers and I don't have it all together. Um, and that fear stopped me for a long time. But um, if you're not taking next steps, then you're stuck. You're not growing, you're just stuck. So I'm so thankful for my small groups and there's a lot of you in here today. And she, too, recently, she mentioned the passing of her grandparents, and that was her, um, uh, yeah, like that she, um, that was her mission, to, to care for them for all that time, and how your small group stepped up and, 
I'll just bless you and, and just put a hand on you and feed you fish well. So yeah. that is really amazing. So I think that that's the point, you know, that we're trying to make up here that um, uh, we might be afraid, maybe, you know, like we were. I know I was, you know, um, but it was like feel the fear and do it anyway and try and just see um, what God has in store for you. I think that's what we all didn't know when we put our foot on the path, the small group, mm -hmm. but that we can sit up here today and say, give it a try. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And so we hope that you will. We hope that you will. So um, I think Paula is going to come back up and um, give us a little more information. Yep. Hello. I'll just give another message. <laughs> if you could all just be here for 30 more minutes, please. Just kidding. Um, give these guys a round of applause. I thought that was so good, so awesome. So what's going to happen from here is you are going to exit the auditorium. You see some people leaving right now as a mass exit. These are small group leaders that are going to be standing at tables in the atrium so that you can just kind of walk around, mingle around, see if there's any group that you find um, fits your schedule, your interest, what you're looking for. There's plenty of groups out there. You will receive a brochure on the way out that has a listing of all the groups available. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you can also sign up for a Just Gather group which is just a one-time thing to get your feet wet. And there's also a meal ministry option, which is not a small group. But if you love to cook and you want to cook for people who maybe uh, have just had a baby, had a surgery, had a death in their family, you can sign up to be on that list, and you'll get an email and be able to sign up to, to take a family a meal. So that's an option as well. There is also, or let me just say this, after you find a group that you want, if you find a group tonight and you connect with the leader, you can go right to a station that says sign up station. And Brittany Thorne will be there. She's um, a girl who works within small groups here at the chapel. And she'll sign you right up. If you're not ready and you want to take the brochure home, it'll tell you how to sign up from home, uh, who you need to email, what that looks like. But I would encourage you to do it tonight before groups kind of start filling up. And then finally, we have a backdrop for Renewed now. So we can take photos in front of it. I've seen some people come up here and take a picture in front of this Renewed sign, but it's kind of dark in here. So if you would like to take a picture in front of that, and we also have a little um, picture frame that says next to you. You could stand there, and if you sign up for a small group, bring your friend in with it and say, hey, next to you. I'm next to you. I'm getting next to other women in a small group. You can post that on social media if you want. Maybe that's what you can do to kind of encourage your friends to ask you questions. What does that mean? Next to you. How do I get next to you? How do I get next to, next to somebody else? It's a great opener and a great way to kind of start conversations. So thanks for being here tonight, and you guys are dismissed to go and mingle, grab snacks, do whatever you'd like to do. So thanks for coming. <laughs>